Welcome to Between the Headphones, a Georgia football podcast. I'm Stuart Steele, the sports editor at the Ren Black, and your host for this podcast series. Each week, the Ren Black Football Beat will look back on the previous week's game and preview the matchup for next week. In this episode, I'll speak to assistant sports editor John James about the college football landscape and preview Georgia Florida with football beat reporter Parth Patel. Welcome to the show, John. Thanks for having me, Stu. Yeah, so I wanted to kind of take this opportunity in the bye week to talk a little bit about the wider landscape of college football, specifically a few of the other contenders other than Georgia for this year's college football national championship. Um, So starting off, I wanted to touch on Ohio State, who is obviously one of the best offenses in college football. And I wanted to get just your general thoughts on Ohio State and uh, your thoughts on them so far this season. I think the landscape around Georgia at the top is interesting because Georgia's strength this season is its offense, and its defense has also been pretty strong, but I think people view the defense as the weakness, and all of the teams at the top around Georgia have a really strong offense and a really weak defense comparatively, so I think it's interesting that it's masked up like that. I feel like Ohio State is one of those teams, and I feel like Tennessee is one of those teams, so I feel like all of the college football playoff matchups we might be getting later in the season are going to be high-scoring outings. Yeah, I mean, so Ohio State obviously hasn't played a lot of tough competition yet, but They'll face Michigan, obviously, in a really big game and then have to win their conference. But um, they look like probably the surest lock of anyone to me to make the college football playoff right now. No disrespect to Michigan in general, but I always kind of lean towards Ohio State in that matchup on a year-to-year basis. Obviously, Michigan got it last year. But, um, I mean, what do you think of Ohio State's path to the playoff? I think a lot of what goes into the rankings uh, at the top is what have you done in the past. It's a resume watch. Alabama is consistently high up there because of their resume. Georgia's getting to develop a resume that gets them high rankings. And I think Ohio State is that third team in the top tier of college football franchises. Tennessee is not, so I don't think they're getting the benefit of the doubt that Ohio State and Georgia might be. I mean, I think one other aspect of Tennessee is that that defense has proven to be somewhat susceptible already, whereas Ohio State's hasn't really. I mean, we're assuming Ohio State, when they hit these bigger opponents, is going to struggle to stop them but we haven't actually seen it play out partially just because they've played weaker teams but Tennessee obviously against Alabama in particular allowed 49 points 33 against Florida that was a little iffier with some some late scoring from Florida but you know they've shown that they are like a team that you can get into a shootout which I think maybe is also a factor of them being ranked a little lower want to talk a little bit about that next tier of kind of contenders I mean Michigan obviously has the same record as Ohio State but I'm kind of lumping in Michigan, Clemson, and Alabama as the three kind of after that top three that I feel like have separated a little bit. Um, Any thoughts on those teams? Do any of them stand out to you as a potential title threat? It's difficult to say. Uh, Clemson has faced a couple of good teams this season, a couple of ranked teams this season, but they've kind of struggled to get past them. So I'm not certain Clemson's going to put up much of a fight when it comes down to these top-tier games. Uh, Michigan has always had trouble winning the big game, as far as I can remember. So I'm not particularly worried about a matchup with Georgia. Georgia's had their number, especially last year. Um, If I had to pick a team that's lower than the top five that scares me, it's Alabama, just because Alabama is Alabama. But it's unlikely that they'll get into the championship if they lose a potential SEC championship game. Yeah, I mean, I think Alabama's obviously just hurt by that Tennessee loss, and that gives them a little less wiggle room. I think the the good thing is they're in the SEC West, which right now doesn't really have a clear-cut contender other than them. So 
the path is still wide open for them to to be in Atlanta in December playing for the SEC championship. And if they win that game, I think generally you're going to make the, the college football playoff. The, the thing is now they can't slip up in any of these games that they would be expected to win, including the Iron Bowl that always gets a little weird. I mean, LSU looks good right now, but I mean, I, I would pick Alabama to probably run the table and represent the SEC West in the SEC title game. Um, Clemson's another interesting one where I think they're still just like that defense is really great. I think it's probably one of the best defenses in college football. I mean, maybe Michigan's in there as well, but I mean, they're just not propped up by their quarterback right now. And obviously they made the switch this week. And I think that's their big Achilles heel. When you look at those teams at the top of the AP's rankings, Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee, all of them have really consistent quarterback play, and I just don't think Clemson can match that. Yeah, I mean, I think if Clemson makes the playoff, they're going to run into one of those teams that you just mentioned, and they're going to struggle to keep up, even with a really good defense. I mean, Georgia last year, I mean, they were an exception in the sense that they still found a way to win the national championship. But even that team ran into Bryce Young and allowed 41 points in the SEC title game. So if that defense is susceptible to that with a pretty decent offense, I think Clemson definitely is as well. One of the keys to sports is versatility, is being able to win in different game, types of games when you don't when it doesn't necessarily go, go your way. And I just don't know if Clemson is going to be able to win a shootout if it happens to go that way. So yeah, we've talked about a lot of the main contenders, I would say, the six teams we've really touched on so far are the ones people would say could win the national championship. But I wanted to look a little bit outside of that box just for one team. It can be even close to that group, but um, one team that could potentially challenge for a national championship if things fall the right way. Challenge is really the operative word there. I think college football this season is really a, it's a top-heavy league. I think the top-tier teams are the only ones who really have a, a solid shot at winning the championship. But if there's one team that can slip in at the end of the season, I think it's maybe TCU, just because they've got a couple wins over ranked opponents. So that's going to help them down down the road when when it really gets tough. Uh, And their schedule for the rest of the way isn't super difficult. I don't see them slipping up against a Texas or or a Texas Tech or even a Oklahoma State in the championship game. I think I think they've got enough firepower to win those games and maybe just maybe get into the top four I think TCU is a good pick I think the problem is again I mean like we've talked about with a lot of these teams that defense is susceptible to getting into a shootout and I mean no game is like a guarantee for a TCU because if you come up against the right offense on the right day suddenly it comes down to the last possession and then you know anything can happen but for me my dark horse for kind of a college football playoff type team is actually Oregon which to a lot of Georgia fans might seem a little bit weird because what they've seen from Oregon is a 49-3 to thrashing in the first game of the season where Georgia was like head and shoulders above Dan Lanning's team. But I think Oregon has shown a lot of resilience in bouncing back from that and winning each of its ensuing games. I mean, including this week against UCLA where Bo Nix was just basically perfect. I mean, he had probably his best game as a player in, in college and He's just generally been a different person than we saw at Auburn for those first few years of his career. And I think Oregon, I mean, it's always dangerous to get with a Pac-12 team because the Pac-12 is weird and usually cannibalizes itself with these weird late-night games. And they still have to face Utah, who's been a tough out this year and obviously would have to win their conference championship game. But with the way this team is playing and the way I really believe in Dan Lanning as a coach, and I think 
it would be a, a surprise to see Oregon really keep up this level this season, but I, I think they've got a shot and they've got a lot of talent. I agree. They're, they've been really, really impressive since that Georgia loss, but I think the lasting image in the college football rankers' minds is going to be that 49-3 to loss because it was just so incredibly lackluster from Oregon in that performance. I just think they have enough excuses built in. I mean, new coach in his first game with the program, new quarterback in his first game with the program. You're going to Atlanta to face the reigning national champions. I mean, it was a tough spot even for, I mean, for any team pretty much. I mean, obviously you want to put up some kind of fight, not a 49 to three, but I think Oregon, like if they can continue to play like they have, they will have a good case for it as long as they can win out. And obviously they're going to need a little bit of help with teams like Clemson dropping a game, potentially Michigan or Ohio state. One of them has to lose a game. So if they can get through everything with one loss, I think they'll have as good a chance as anyone. If the top three SEC teams all have one loss at the end of the year, Georgia, Alabama, and Tennessee, do you see Oregon getting in over either of them? I don't think it's likely. I mean, I think the argument would be Tennessee, but I can't envision, like, in that scenario, Tennessee would have to lose to Georgia. So I think unless that loss was really bad, probably not. But I really – I don't buy into that scenario happening. And the other part of it is Oregon – would have a conference championship, which I know in the past hasn't always mattered in these scenarios. But, I mean, Oregon would have a lot of quality wins to back it up. and I just feel like they would at least be in a good conversation. But I think in that scenario, what you were saying about the, the voters really just taking that big loss to Georgia into account would probably come to fruition. Thanks for coming on the show, John. Always a pleasure, Stu. Welcome to the show, Parth. Thanks for having me, Stuart. So Georgia's back to the grind this week with a game against Florida after their bye week. Um, Florida also coming off a bye week at 4-3. and three. Georgia's a heavy favorite coming in to the, the matchup, one of the heaviest favorites uh, on the Georgia side of the rivalry um, in the history of the, the game. What are your thoughts on this game early on? Do you think Florida presents some real challenges for Georgia, or do you think this will be kind of a, a runaway for the Bulldogs? I think uh, the biggest thing for Georgia is they just need to get off to a fast start. You know, they didn't really get off to a good start last year. The defense, you know, the offense didn't get off to a good start. Defense kept them around, and then they had the interceptions right before half. So I think it's a rivalry game. So I think, you know, it's going to be intense, and I think the Georgia offense is going to have to come out to a faster start. You know, they haven't really had – they didn't have that against Auburn. And, you know, they played well going into their bye week against uh, Vanderbilt. So – I think just in terms for Georgia, I think Anthony Richardson's mobility is going to cause some issues for them just because, you know, he's going to be one of the better quarterbacks they're going to face this year. And if, you know, if Georgia's offense doesn't get things going and let, lets Florida kind of hang around, I think it could be a closer game than expected. Yeah, I think that fast start talking point has been a big thing for Georgia for the last few weeks. I mean, they've been talking about it a lot. Missouri obviously was a disaster as far as the start. I mean, they were trailing going into the half against the Tigers. And then um, Auburn also wasn't a perfect start. Obviously, they were never really in danger of losing that game. But Georgia, against these better teams at the end of its schedule, is going to really look to, to put together those fast starts and to really impose themselves in games. And I think it's important, I mean, especially with Tennessee on the horizon, to have another strong start because a strong, a bad start against Tennessee could be fatal. I mean, you get out of the first quarter against Tennessee and you have zero points, you could be down 
uh, 10 or more. You could be down 20 against Tennessee. They're that good of an offense. So I think it's a good a good test for Georgia before that game. I mean, um, just seeing where the offense is at, seeing if they can get guys like A.D. Mitchell and Kendall Milton back in the mix could help as well. So uh, it'd be nice to have Georgia at full strength, um, obviously heading into this last stretch of the season, but just working with whatever they got to try to get off to that fast start. Yeah, and I think I think what Georgia, what I expect them to do at least is I think they're going to get the running game going um, really early. I think, you know, they've tried the passing game and kind of their quick passes and stuff, but it almost seems a little bit too predictable. Now, you know, they've had, they've had really good success on the ground, and I think, you know, against Florida and kind of the other teams down the stretch, they play where they, you know, they're playing very good quarterbacks on the other side of the ball. I think the offense could, you know, adapt to be a little bit more just – run dominant and kind of keep the other offense on the sideline I think it helps out the defense as well so I think you know that's just kind of my prediction on how Georgia's going to open the Florida game and kind of their you know second half of the season I, I do expect them to run the ball a lot more yeah I think establishing the run is obviously just a great way to combat those high-flying fast-paced offenses I mean Tennessee is the most active example of this that's obviously coming up but even looking down the line if Georgia were to win that game and, you know, be playing against an Ohio State at some point or Alabama. I mean, you've got to be able to keep your defense fresh. I mean, so having those possessions where you can run the ball effectively, take some time off the clock, and give your defense a blow on the sideline is really big. I think that's going to be a key factor this week. And then so just going back to Anthony Richardson, I wanted to talk about him a little bit. He's been up and down. He's obviously super talented as a rusher, a little bit inconsistent in the passing game, but how do you see him presenting a challenge for Georgia? You've talked about it a little bit, but do you think Georgia's going to be up for the task of containing him on the ground and as a passer? Yeah, so I think for Georgia, the biggest thing is his mobility. They're going to have to contain him when he, you know, takes off on those off-schedule plays and make sure, you know, he doesn't get keep moving the chains and picking up the yards. And I think throwing on the run is also going to be another thing that Georgia's defense is going to have to, you know, watch out for it because you know Georgia's defense this year they haven't really had that many sacks but they've had a lot of you know pressures and forcing quarterbacks to throw the ball away but when you've got a quarterback like Richardson who can extend plays I think I think it poses a bigger challenge on the second note and you know make sure they're not loosening up on their coverage when he's out on the run because you know he can make those throws so I think I think his mobility is going to be the biggest test for Georgia on can they either contain him in the pocket and finish and get those sacks or if he does, you know, get out of the pocket, then can their corners and secondary hold up and just force him to throw the ball away? Yeah, I think the way Georgia kind of played against Auburn and Robbie Ashford, who obviously isn't at the experience level of an Anthony Richardson, but is a good athlete, I think is a good blueprint, as well as the way they played against Bo Nix, who I think is a better comparison. Again, probably not as great of an athlete, but a solid college quarterback nonetheless. So I think just containing that that quarterback in the pocket and kind of when he gets out, having people, you know, running after him. With Ashford, he was constantly bailing out to his right. And Georgia, I mean, besides a couple plays, was very, very disciplined about keeping him contained on those plays and making him throw it away. So I think it's like you said, when Richardson gets some of those opportunities to make plays off schedule, Georgia just has to make sure they contain. And the secondary down the field, obviously, I mean, that's going to be the key as well. They've had a couple times this year where they've been beat on those kinds of plays for, for big gainers. A couple against Vanderbilt where A.J. Swan got out and found some open receivers down the field. So I think that's going to be a big task for them, just staying attached to receivers down the field while the, the D-line and linebackers do their thing as well. Yeah, I think the linebackers will also play a big factor in just if they can, you know, have someone keeping watch of Richardson and just 
making sure he doesn't, you know, take off with his legs because I think his his rushing ability could be the biggest factor for Florida if they want to win the game. Yeah, and I think it goes back to what we already said about the fast start. I think that if you let Florida hang around in this game, Richardson's running uh, running threat becomes a, a much bigger danger to Georgia because just one of those big runs can really become a backbreaker for a defense in a close game. So I think Georgia's going to want to build that early cushion and be able to weather a storm even if Anthony Richardson breaks off one of these like huge runs that he's obviously capable of. And I mean, Florida, Florida's passing offense, I think, is just not at the point where it can really compete with Georgia if Georgia's playing up to its potential. So I think Georgia's going to want to make Richardson beat them with his arm. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think, you know, if, if Richardson is forced to kind of just throw the ball and, you know, use that passing attack, I think it's going to be a big advantage for Georgia and can help them kind of seal the deal against Florida. But if he's making plays, you know, running the football, and you know, if Georgia's defense can't stop the run, then, you know, that's going to be a big issue. And obviously getting uh, Jalen Carter back is going to be big for Georgia and, you know, making sure if Florida's rushing attack isn't, you know, getting getting good yardage and picking up first down. Because I think on the flip side, if Florida's offense is able to run the ball and kind of keep Georgia's offense off the field, I think that, you know, that flips the script for Florida and helps them kind of set up nicely to win the game. So with those injuries, I think those are kind of a big key to Georgia's season. It sounds like today, I mean, I don't think Jalen Carter is going to be back for this game. I don't really think A.D. Mitchell's going to be back for this game, so it's another another week of Georgia kind of trying to account for those big losses and, and make plays without them. I think I've been really high on Warren Brinson recently and uh, Zion Logue, obviously, in the middle of this defense, so I don't think it's going to be a major problem this week, but definitely another good test for the rushing defense that has generally been pretty good but hasn't been necessarily dominant either, and Florida's rushing offense is always pretty good, and again, they have three guys averaging over six yards a carry. So it's going to be a nice test for, for Georgia's defense. So, yeah, looking ahead to this game, I wanted to get a prediction from you on one player on offense for Georgia and one on defense that you expect to have a big game this week. Yeah, so I think for my offensive pick, I'm I'm picking Ladd McConkey to finally, you know, get back to being his usual self this week. They're going to need him against Florida and especially against Tennessee if A.D. Mitchell is still out. So I think he gets right this week coming off a of bye week. And for defense, I'm picking Nolan Smith to be a big factor in, you know, containing Anthony Richardson and, you know, helping that Georgia defense out. So those would be my two picks right now for offensive and defensive MVPs. I think those are two strong picks just because it's two guys that we've really been waiting to have like a big, big time performance. Neither one has necessarily had that game where they've really been the star, where last year I feel like both of them had their moments where they were really the top guy on the field. So. I think those are both solid options. For me, offensively, I'm going with um, Dejon Edwards. I think he's been a solid player for Georgia all season. This running back group is just really strong, and I think Georgia likes him as the the guy they kind of turn to when they want to finish off a defense and late in the fourth quarter. So I think he's going to get a lot of those carries as well this week and maybe a touchdown or two. Good performance for him. And then defensively, I'm going with Malachi Starks to have a big game. I think Richardson is prone to a couple turnovers every now and then, and Malachi Starks is obviously a ball hawk for Georgia already as a freshman, and I think he'll show up with a good number of tackles as well. He's just an active part of the defense, but we'll say Malachi gets a pick six this week just because that'd be kind of fun. Um, And then beyond that, what's your pick for this week, and uh, what's your score prediction? Yeah, so I think I'm going to pick Georgia to win, and I think it'll be kind of close in the first quarter, but the Bulldogs end up winning 34-10. to 
yeah, I feel like it'll be a little bit of a cagey matchup early on where both teams are a little bit, you know, off their game coming off the bye week. I don't think either gets off to like a crazy fast start. Um, but like you said, I think Georgia pulls away in the second half just because I think they're they're cut above this Florida team right now. And I got Georgia 35, Florida 14. Thanks for coming on the show, Parth. Yep, thanks for having me, Stu. Thanks for listening to Between the Headphones. I'm Stuart Steele. You can find other episodes wherever you get your podcasts and on redandblack.com. For even more Georgia football coverage, visit redandblack.com slash gameday. We'll tee it up between the headphones again next week.